Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome to Let's Talk Peaches, the podcast. We're your hosts, Nicole and Lindsay. Let's Talk Peaches is a community where all humans come to have raw, authentic, open, and respectful conversations about various topics. Nothing is off the table. All topics are welcome. Get ready to dive in and explore the uplifting as well as the extremely uncomfortable. Be sure to come back and check us out every week. We put out new episodes every Monday. If you're new, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And if you're a returning peach, thank you so much for tuning back in. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate So much appreciation. All right, let's dive into the episode. Hey, Peaches. Hi, Peaches. Welcome back for another episode. It's a, no, it's a new Monday, and I'm really excited about today. Yeah. At the time of this recording, we are having our first, like, lightly brisk fall morning. Oh. And that was really nice to wake up to, because Lynn and I, as you know, are fall princess princesses. I'm um, just queens, Yeah, to be honest. Princess queens. I think prin- I think just fall queens. I. You can be a princess. I'm a queen. I don't know. I think... <laughs> I am definitely a fall. Well, I guess I'm moving more into queen territory because what I was going to say is that a princess is, has none of the like the actual like stress and responsibility of the queen, but she can go around and she can take advantage of all of the, you know, I would a, say a, we're in the prince. We're in the queen. No, but that's category. when I'm like now I'm like moving into more queen because I'm trying to get the vegan pumpkin spice latte, you know movement passed <laughs> so now i'm moving into more queen territory whereas before i was definitely like i don't want any of the responsibility but i want to take advantage of all of the amenities sort of thing you know but now we're moving more i'm moving more into queen yeah. territory so we're fall queens and wow. really enjoying enjoying this taste of fall anyways on to on this, this week's, week's episode. episode. Um, we're so excited to introduce Sophie Gray to everyone listening. She is an entrepreneur. She is a the mental CEO. health. Go ahead. She's a CEO and founder of a company called Dive Through. Mm-hmm. D-I-V-E, capital T-H-R-U. And Dive Through is a company focused around mental health. They have tons of resources, classes. Just literally anything you could think about that you would like information. They have, she, goes, she goes into she goes, it. Yeah. She, she explains it far better than we ever will. But we have a, a lovely conversation about a couple of different things. There's about mental health, and it goes without saying, but I'll say it for anyone in the back who hasn't been listening. Mental health is so, so important, especially when you're building a business, when you're it never, never mind just going through life, knowing yourself, knowing what it feels like to be unbalanced and how to get back to balance and how to get back to this equilibrium. And I say this in the episode, but we go through these seasons of life and knowing how to like regulate yourself. We yeah. talk about all of that. And one thing that we talked about that I really resonated with, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important, um, is the idea of boundaries and what that actually means mm-hmm. and how to mm-hmm. and what it looks like. Yeah. So I we think that's really valuable. We also go into her entrepreneurial journey and how she was able to build this where she was before and how she found the courage to start this new company that's like doing very well. Yeah. And, and it was, all it the things we talk about all the things. Yeah. So we're super excited. Yeah. And we'll we'll just dive we'll just we'll go. just we'll just dive get right on right to it. in. Yeah. Okay. BRB peaches. All right, Peaches, we have Sophie here with us. Hello, Sophie. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting. We're so, oh, excited. We're so excited to have you. Yeah, here in the Peach Pod. Yeah. We like to start off every podcast by asking, what's up, Peach? How's your day mm-hmm. going? How's your week going? What's up? 
Yeah, you know, I'm doing really well. I had a great sleep last night. Oh, um, yay. So feeling good that way. And then, but today is one of those days or this week, I guess, where there's sometimes where I'm like, it's Friday, awesome. But there's other days mm-hmm. where I'm like crawling to Friday. Um, yeah. So that is definitely one of the, these weeks, but that's okay because I love what I do. So I feel very fortunate. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. And I, well, I mean- Burnout. Burnout. Is, it's. I think that's a really interesting thing because even if you love what you do every day, you still have to do self-care. You know what I mean? And you still have to like, you can still have burnout even if you're like in love with everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit less of like a dread factor when, mm-hmm. when you do experience the burnout because you do love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But that's awesome. But also excited for the weekend. Do you have any like relaxing plans for this weekend? Um, No, I think just do a whole lot of nothing. My husband's going to be away, which I'm like, I don't obviously I love him, but then I'm like, (laughs) alone time. I always take the weekend off, you know, at least one day, if not two. Last weekend, we actually were working and that's like very not like us, but we had some filming obligations. So Mm -hmm. this is like consecutive days of working. So it's just going to be me and the couch and all of the Netflix and all of my photos to binge. Those yes. are the best kind of weekends when you don't have anything like super duper huge to planned and you can just veg yeah. all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just call myself a potato. I'm just going to yeah. yeah, I'm a potato. order a potato. food to me and just eat and watch TV, which is the best. <laughs> those are like, especially when you've had a, like a crazy um, like time. Yeah, a couple Those of weeks. are so good for the soul. <laughs> Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us about dive through and like yeah, what for, it is sorry, what you for do. some any of our listeners that haven't heard of Sophia they haven't heard of dive through they don't know you know this is their first introduction to you and dive through um, could you just give us a little Awesome. So um, as you know, my name is Sophie and I'm the founder of Dive Through. So we work with mental health professionals to create resources that help people take charge of their mental health. So really focusing on giving people the tools to help them self-regulate through feeling tracking, psychoeducation, and tangible tools. Uh, So what that looks like um, in the Dive Through app, when you download it, you're going to be asked every day how you're feeling. Emotional regulation is such a vital skill that, you know, we we think we might have, but, you know, we, we more so acknowledge, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed, I'm so overwhelmed, but mm-hmm. we don't then take a pause to actually feel that. What's that like in the body? How's that showing up? What's causing that? And we kind of just, you know, shove it down and continue with our day. So we focus on helping people every day tap in, understand how they're feeling. Um, And then from there, we offer up different psychoeducation and those tools. So really wanting to teach people what we didn't learn in school. You know, what is a panic attack? Why does it happen? What's it doing in the body and in the mind to like having have you react that way? And then following up by tools that you can actually do to navigate and manage whatever you're going through. So, you know, in the panic attack example, breathing exercise for in the moment, uh, journaling bundles for reflecting on the panic attack, you know, working with that feeling that you're having. So really wanting yeah, to give people that foundational understanding, but then also put it into action. So i mm. um, really passionate about mental health for my own reasons. Um, in my first business, I was in the fitness space and was not healthy. So I actually burned out from that business, stepped back, had to spend a number of years working on my mental health. And that's what led me to dive through. That's yeah. amazing. I mean, mental health is something that even even people who 
can manage it, who don't have it as, as much of a prominent like problem in their lives. Everyone deals with everyone mental experiences health. issues with mental health. So essentially, it sounds like you're helping everyday people be the boss ass peach they can be and manage their mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I use the word like take charge of your mental mm-hmm. health because I feel like so many people feel out of control when it comes to yeah. what's going on in their mind and body. And, you know, in life, there's some things that you, you know, a lot of things you don't have control over. And I don't like to use the word control when it comes to your mind because, you know, when a panic attack strikes, you know, there's some instances where you have to let it like roll through your body. Mm-hmm. But being empowered in your mind, I think empowered is such a is a, an important word, but it's kind of been like stripped of value in some settings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah really you know wanting to teach people that not everyone has a diagnosed mental illness but everyone has mental health just as everyone has physical health and really looking to you know break through that stigma while then also you know creating accessible resources I think in mental health in particular, uh, there's so much jargon and it can be so unrelatable and, you know, words that you can't even pronounce, let alone understand what they mean. So we're really mm-hmm. wanting to step that back and, you know, talk about mental health in a way that, you know, anyone can understand. I think mental health, until maybe recently we started to get more understanding behind it, more tools, therapy starting to be a little less taboo. But with mental health, I think like what you said with being able to control or feel empowered, I think there's a lot of power in understanding what your body's doing. And so like this is what drives, they're educating. We're educating on why our body does certain things, why we're having this feeling, what triggers it, what is a trigger. And I think for me, The more I know, if I know that it's just not coming from nowhere or like tips or tricks that help, because while we're all different, there's a lot of tricks that help us as like a collective. Our cousin told us this one thing where she, if she's starting to feel a panic attack coming on, she'll like squeeze something or like touch something else. So because that gives her brain something else to focus on in the moment. And so that might not work for everybody, but it might work for, it might work for you and it's something to try. I don't know, breaking it down that way definitely makes me feel empowered and makes me feel calmer when I'm feeling out of myself, outside of myself. But I think that's awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like when I I used to have chronic panic attacks seven nights a week and Ugh. I thought I was dying. Like I thought I was mm. dying. I thought, you know, I don't like to say the word crazy, but I thought I was going crazy. Like I felt so unsafe. But when I learned that, you know, your breath goes that sort of way, like your, you know, what's happening chemically, hormonally, whatever it might yeah. be in your body, it was like, oh, and even like anxiety, when you realize, oh, all of these physical signs of anxiety are also, you know, anxiety, you're, again, you're not dying. Mm-hmm. It's like, why weren't we taught that when we were just like sent out into the world, just anxious all of the time? I know. Yeah. I think that's such a good point. Why weren't we taught? more about this because I mean growing up for me anyway it wasn't until college when I was really I really understood or was dealing with not only anxiety myself but anxiety without watching other people go through anxiety and everyone experiences it to some degree and I even remember um, someone who was dealing with severe anxiety was telling us a little bit how it felt and I was like oh that's what that feeling was back in the day when we were younger and I'm like I had no idea and so this this is something that every, everybody deals with at some point in their lives and it's something that we should be taught not only what it is but how to work through it how to live with it you know because it means because it's 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 so common 
and Mm -hmm. all of these things. Mm, Exactly. And so what was it like starting this business? And so I know you said that you were you were in the fitness industry first, which I also which is so interesting. The fact that you went from like a physical health situation and you were so unhealthy (laughs) and then you moved to mental health and now you feel a lot more balanced. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But we'd love to know a little bit more about the journey of starting this business that feels right and like pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So in my first business, it was really, you know, me, myself and I. Um, so I right out of high school, had built this audience on Instagram. And this is back in the day. So like 2013, when Instagram was like the Wild West, there was no algorithms, there was no um, even like concept of influencer, like it was Mm -hmm. kind of the beginning of the Instagram influencer. I feel like it went from like blogging, YouTube, Instagram, and then now TikTok, like when people have blown up on the platforms. So this was at the beginning of that. And I, yeah, built this audience. I hit over 500,000 people from talking about physical wellness. And working out had been something I started to do in high school. So my school had a full-time personal trainer in the gym. So I was skipping classes, hanging out with him, working out, um, learning about, you know, dieting, which I thought at that time was like learning about nutrition, but no, just straight up dieting. Mm -hmm. So starting to, you know, engage in these behaviors that were entirely rooted in wanting to look a certain way. You know, in my childhood, I had a lot of problems with mental health that I just really channeled into the physical aspect and was like, okay, but if I'm going to be thinner, if I'm going to look this certain way, then I'll be happy. All of these problems will be solved. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, at 18, still having all these issues, I started to gain that validation and that, you know, like in, you know, whatever on Instagram. So it kind of just further shoved down my mental health concerns. So through this, I started to sell workout programs. And this is, when no one on the internet, on Instagram Mm -hmm. in particular, was selling workout programs like, you know, I think everyone is these days. So in that period of time, in about like three-ish years, I sold over 250,000 programs, you know, me, myself, and I in my parents' basement just being 18, 19, 20. So from that, I just couldn't maintain the image that went around with that business because it was entirely based on how I looked, what I was doing, and my body just like couldn't handle it. Like right now, I think I'm like sitting 30 to 40 pounds above what I was at my lowest. And my body's just like happy here. This is like where it's meant to be, where I was very much shoving it into this size that didn't make sense for me physically. From that, I was traveling for work. I was in New York and I was coming home, so it had been like New York to Toronto and then Toronto to my hometown in Edmonton, and I had a panic attack on the connecting flight. So I ended up having to drive across the country. It was like a 38-hour drive, and I wow. had panic attacks the entire time, and I felt very unsafe in my own mind. So when we arrived home, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore physically, mentally. I just like, I need to full stop here. So that's what I did. I stepped back from the business. I stepped back from Instagram in the way that I had been engaging with it and really started to focus on my mental health. So at that time, I was really desperately looking for something that could help me. But what there was was a lot of self-help that was disguised as mental health support because there wasn't really anything readily available. It's what was making people feel seen and heard. But self-help is a lot of you know, unqualified people giving life advice about what worked for them. And it's more like, 
toxic positivity, you know, think yeah. your think your best life, you know, manifest, think positively, choose to be happy. And it's like, that's not mental health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I found that the mental health side of what I did discover was very academic, jargon heavy, like I mentioned earlier. And it was just like unrelatable. Like I didn't feel safe or seen and heard like self-help offered you, but then it was qualified advice where self-help was unqualified. So um, I saw that there was this need for a platform that was made for young people that was delivering qualified mental health education in a way that made you feel not alone and made you feel seen and heard. So that's really, you know, the the intention I started to dive through with. And as it's evolved, you know, we had at first we're a journaling app um, and now have evolved into, you know, what I described earlier with the courses. But it's definitely been, you know, a wild journey. I've, you know, been working on it for four, over four years and wow. it hasn't really been until the last year and a half, kind of right before the pandemic that it's kind of, you know, solidified in the way that it has. But yeah, just really don't want some I don't want other people to have to have a panic attack on an airplane for them to focus on their mental health ultimately yeah (laughs) yeah a question that I thought of um that I think would be really beneficial for a lot of our listeners I think that you can get stuck in especially like four years ago even like mental health wasn't as talked about it really wasn't and it was it was more physical health versus mental health Mm -hmm. and I would imagine there was a lot of courage that you had to have to kind of step out of the boundaries of like norms and societal norms and all of those things. And I'd love to know a little bit about how did you find the courage to step out of that bubble? Yeah, you know, I don't think in the time I viewed it necessarily as having the courage to do so. I think it was a necessity. I couldn't keep on going. Yeah, like I was in a crisis. So it was like, what am I going to do here? At the time, I thought that I had a obligation to the audience that I had Mm. because a lot of the time I, you know, I was perpetuating what would have been making them not feel great. But then I also was stuck in this cycle. And I like to talk, you know, when it comes to influencers, content creators and their followers, like it is like a chicken or the egg situation. Like both parties are involved, but we often like point the finger and blame influencers where it's like, well, we made them popular. So I think I realized I stepped back and was like, wow, like I'm really struggling and I'm looking to other people and the way that they look and feeling like, oh my God, like I don't look like that even though I did. So then I'm making those posts and then people are going to be looking at me in the same way. Mm. So I think there was this obligation that I felt to be real and honest about that, um, which I think was important. And now when I kind of say then I felt that way. Now with I have a completely different relationship to my channels um, in the way that they're not who I am. They're not, you know, a regular part of my life. They're just a tool that's, you know, available to me mm. versus before it was I was living online. My life was online. So it was like it Again, I don't know if it was the healthiest. I think there should have been a little bit more grace period to work through what I was going through privately. Mm. But everything I was doing was online. So that said, you know, I lost over 250,000 followers over these last however many years it's been. Mm. And that at first, of course, you know, stung. But, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm just, I'm not there to be consumed. I'm not like, you know, I can't be defined by a box on a grid anymore. But yeah, it was a very complicated journey. So there was that courage, but there was also that 
naivety, I think, of, well, I have to share because I'm living my life online. But I also think there was the positive because it was reflected back to me. And I think we all think everyone in our life is, you know, around us that we look at online is doing great and, you know, doing so much better than us. Mm -hmm. And the reality is like, no, we're all going through something. So yeah, I guess, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an odd experience to navigate. And I'm glad that I shared. I just wish I had, you know, been a little bit more reserved at first Mm. as I really found my bearings myself. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes you have to go down the other rabbit hole in order to really know that the other way is more positive and more beneficial, you know, for like lifestyle wise. Do you feel like it? you feel a lot lighter now that you're not so online? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, like using the term like living my life online, that's, you know, every single moment it was glued to that platform and Instagram has evolved a lot Mm -hmm. yeah and like Instagram is very different than what it used to be like um you know there wasn't reels there wasn't there was stories like to that later half of my journey uh, like when I was majorly on the platform but even then like in DMs hadn't even been introduced when I started Mm -hmm. so it just found ways to just stick itself in my life and like there, there's um. I'm not sure if you've seen the new Suicide Squad, but not there's yet. like the main villain sends out squid things that just put into people's face <laughs> and then like suck out their souls. Oh. <laughs> Which is so funny because the new Ten Rings movie from Marvel has the exact same premise. Oh, I'm like a huge super like. I mean, you're not alone. You're not alone for yeah. sure. <laughs> and it's like okay, I need to go talk. We have, in my team, like for dive through our team, we have like a Marvel channel where we all get very opinionated oh, about it. Perfect. <laughs> um, but sidetracked, yeah. I, Instagram to me and the channel that I've built and have still, it's a tool. It's there for me if I want to use it, mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't have – I don't feel obligated. It's – you know, I have a life. I have a career that we would utilize social media but not dependent on my social media. You know, I have my my husband, our dogs, our our family, and I have, you know, real-life things I like to call now, Mm -hmm. which is just – yeah, makes the platform – a tool opposed to, yeah, this whole identity now. Yeah, that's something that whether you're an influencer or a business owner that's running something or just like a person that consumes the stuff online or like, you know, is a little bit more like of an everyday user in the year 2021, it is especially after the pandemic started. It's so hard to find that balance for yourself of I'm consuming, I'm consuming, but I also have to remember like I have to live my life. I've got things to do. I can't get sucked into this rabbit hole. And and if I'm inspired by the things I'm seeing, I have to go live them. It's yeah. a hard I also line think to walk. Social media is such this, you know, it's it's like the iCloud. No one really, it, and it's always changing. Um, and <laughs> no one understands how. No it one works. understands <laughs> it, because and, and, and once you like get it down, then it changes again. And it's interesting to think about how we grew up with it, and when like when we were going to school. It, it should have been like a college major, you know, and mm. now maybe it I'm is sure in it some might way. Be somewhere, yeah. But it wasn't when we were going to college, but it's such a vital tool for businesses and to in like you can make a career out of it. And I'm also thinking about because we recently watched He's All That, which is some TikTok stars new movie. Oh, yeah, I've watched it. Don't worry. Okay. I, know, I know the reference. I'm all over that. And it's like, it really, I mean, I'm not an active TikTok user, but I did know a little bit about her before watching the movie. And I'm like, wow, that probably is 
somewhat pretty accurate to how she lives her life. Wake up, turn the ring light on, and like video yourself and do this and video yourself. Yeah, and it's just like, I think that's such an interesting way to live your life. And I mean, in the whole, like, I went to go put up make put on makeup before actually waking up and like videoing it. What does that moment mean? Um, and it's just in inauthenticity. And what does you know? it represent in the grand scheme of like your life? That's not sustainable. Yeah. Social media is like, we always have to be questioning not only the platform, but also ourselves and how we're using it and what we're putting out there, especially if you are an influencer and have a big following, like always be checking in with yourself. Am I helping prolong this bad thing? Or, you know, if I'm putting makeup on and trying to say, I woke up like this, but that's not actually how you woke up. up. What does that do in the long run for people who are watching me sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Always be asking questions with social media, I think is just the proper, is just the way you have to always be looking at it. Or just like make sure you're not giving it so much power. Yeah. Because I think it could also, we talked about this with, I think, Katie on our body image episode, but follow people that are different and follow people that make you feel good and Mm -hmm. inspired. I think Instagram and TikTok, all of these places can evoke a lot of rabbit holes, spirals, and like as far as mental health goes and like comparing yourself and all of this stuff. I think it can be a really great tool, but it can also be really just like can, tough. Yeah. Oh. It perpetuates impossible beauty standards. It makes you like and and what Katie was saying on that one episode was that if you die if you fill your feed with not only people that look different from you, but also a lot of people that look like you. And then you see like, oh, they look really beautiful. I'm really beautiful and that can help in that way. Social media, I think it can really hinder your mental health. I also feel there are ways where it can it can help too, of course, because of the things that you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like it's so easy for I, – I don't refer to myself as an adult even though I recognize that I am one. <laughs> but, you know, someone in their, you know, 50s, 60s to be like, well, just stop using the platform. Yeah. And it's you can't though, because it's a part of our lives. Um, it's a part of a lot of careers as well. Yeah. You know, I think of my husband who he just, it isn't a part, he doesn't need it for his work personally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not a requirement in a way. Whereas like, there's so many of these marketing jobs and such where like, you need to be, you know, Consuming. understanding what's going on. And it's integrated into our life. And to, you know, just say, well, we don't need to talk about it, the ramifications of how it's impacting our mental health because we should just not use it. It's like, well, that's not going to help anyone. No. But just like, yeah, it, like you said, it can be so harmful, but it also can be used productively and used helpfully. But then I always kind of think that there's so much, there is resources out there. There are nonprofits out there that are helping, educating on, you know, usage. But Facebook, step up. Mm-hmm. You created a problem. <laughs> you need ah. to offer the solution. Of sure, they're introducing new features and such, but it's like you need to be giving the education. You have a responsibility. I'd like to use the example of Bumble. So their founder, Whitney Wolfhurd, I believe that's the order of her name. She also was the co-founder of Tinder. So Tinder and Bumble and online dating, you know, was the rise of the dick pic Mm. and like inappropriate lewd photos. Mm -hmm. So she then, you know, recognizing that the problem that she would have helped, you know, contribute to through her business at Bumble, they like petitioned, I believe it was in Texas to have lewd photos be like to send lewd photo like without permission is now illegal Mm -hmm. because it's like she recognized that there was this problem that her platform was contributing two and she went and then took actual action and I think you know 
Facebook, if you're listening, you, unfortunately, you probably aren't because, you know, you're all making tons of money and you don't give a fuck, yeah. but you have some accountability that you need to um, to take here in this problem. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of, I think, being a business owner, you know, like, especially if you create something and then we see that it's there's this little element out here that's not yeah. necessarily doing good. You know, I remember when I was working at a, I was working, I was interning at like, it wasn't an ice cream shop, but the, let's say the equivalent to an ice cream shop. And someone got really mad because there was a bunch of, uh, a lot of people were leaving their, like, their trash from the shop out on the street. And on one hand, you're like, it's not necessarily my fault that someone's, like, leaving their trash. But then also, what can I do to help save the planet and not, and maybe I put, like, a trash out right outside the store so it's easy for people to, mm-hmm. to throw away their trash sort of, sort of thing. So you could you could just, you know take the easy way out and say like, oh, well, it wasn't me. It wasn't, I didn't do the bad thing. Um, I can't be responsible for everyone's actions. But then we can also, as you say, take take some action. Yeah. And like, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, as a business owner, you're putting your ripple effect out into the world when you start a business. Mm-hmm. And a lot, hopefully, hopefully your intention is good and you do do a lot of good. But there's also... I, I we always like even with this podcast we're always thinking about okay we're probably gonna make a mistake something might go wrong at some point and how do we want to show up to that and just like being prepared for when a problem presents itself or like when something that we didn't mean to happen or didn't mean to offend or whatever if something like that pops up probably will how do we want to show up to that problem how do we want to handle it I mean I mean especially when you have a podcast I think it's inevitable that one day something like that will happen because we're all human and times are always changing and we're always learning new things and this first step is staying on top of like being educated and like knowing like what's happening in the world and then also the other part is just being like just accepting that it's going to happen one day and then what's the best way to how do I want to show up to it yeah how do I want to show up to it I have to own, own my mistakes own my stuff yeah own my stuff mm-hmm. yeah and even like also I, I have some difficulty in the mental health space because as much as mental health is an experience there is now this industry um that we you know we when we're looking at you know air quote competitors and we're seeing them refer to themselves as self-therapy or just like these ways that they are not actually mentally healthy for someone but like to refer to yourself as that is just so harmful and you know we especially want to navigate the mental health space with that hyper awareness it's like of course we're a business at the end of the day but we still want to be able to make sure that we are following best mental health practices and you know making sure what we're doing is safe appropriate and helpful mm-hmm. and it's just like very frustrating cuz like i i you know I always joke that like I don't really see competition. I just I'm like we can all do this. So I'm like yeah. When I see other tools, I'm like this is great. But then I'm like, but no, don't call yourself that. That's so you know unhelpful. Yeah. But again, it comes down to accountability. It comes down to you know your intention behind doing something, and you know you're of course are going to make mistakes. But if you're you know open to that feedback, that is also just so vital and important for sure. This kind of makes me think of one of our questions that we had, which is kind of on topic, kind of off topic. So obviously, you do a lot in the mental health uh, community in the world. And a lot of our listeners are creative entrepreneurs looking for success, looking for happiness, all of this stuff. (laughs) And as we said earlier, everyone has a mental health journey and ups and downs with mental health. The question is, can you be successful and 
be struggling with your mental health? I think it comes down to how you define success. Mm -hmm. And if that external or that definition is an external one, money, fame, Mm -hmm. following, sure that you can see that type of success. But, um, you know, from personal lived experience, I wouldn't say that that's what true success is. That said, you can be living with a mental health illness, experience a mental health crisis and still be able to accomplish things. I think there's kind of – I would kind of view it that way. It's like there's success versus accomplishing things. Like I can still, you know, have panic attacks, have a fear of flying and do – and, you know, have phobias, very intense phobias that control an aspect of my life while still building something impactful and still having, you know, that be a joyful experience, loving my family, my nieces and nephew, Mm -hmm. that doesn't take away from my success elsewhere. It's just, you know, an aspect of myself that, you know, I'm working through. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you can be accomplishing these things while still, yeah, living with mental health, an illness or whatever it might be for you. Mm -hmm. But it's a problem when you aren't then prioritizing that and making time for it and taking care of yourself. So, you know, I'm even struggling, you know, I'm in therapy um, every two weeks, which has been awesome. But then I'm meant to be doing exposure therapy, which is like a pretty intense form of therapy. And I don't have the physical time. And then it's like, well, I have to make time. So it's like trying to balance that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, you know, a, a complicated answer to a simple question. But Yeah, like you can accomplish whatever you want to regardless of your mental health. But if you are, you know, sacrificing your mental health because you have these external indicators of success, then I think you need to check yourself and come back to your priorities and what you value. And I always say like understanding your values in life. um, I think it's really easy to say that we value family, that we value friends and those things. But it's like, okay, but when you're with them, are you on your phone and working? You know, of course I say that not being perfect, but, you know, for me I learned to basically like compartmentalize my business and my personal life so that when I'm not working – I'm not working. Mm. It's I don't even have a business. I feel like this weekend I'm going to be a floating potato on the couch that has all I want to do is watch TV and that's all that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, Monday hits and I'm back to being a business owner. So I think it's being able to have space in your life for all of the facets of who you are um, and making sure that your business isn't like seeping into all of them in a way that you know, is taking away from how you're experiencing your life. Just the same as social media. You know, I think there's a lot of parallels to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to set up your boundaries and customize them to fit you and your mental health and your life accordingly. Yeah. Life's, life's a big old balance. And I also think your what you need in specific times of your life changes in other times of your life. So like maybe you can work like 60% of the time and then devote 20% of the time to mental health and then the other 20% of the time to like just being a potato or like going on vacation or meditating or whatever. And then maybe you have a different portion of a different season of life where you need to do more of like a vice versa where it's like 40% of your time needs to be devoted to uh, your mental health journey or whatever. So I think there are also different seasons of life that require you to always be adapting, which can be kind of tricky. Yeah. Um, 
But it's just about, like, that, like, looking at yourself and looking at what you need yeah. and being honest with yourself. Yeah. And I I love that when you were talking the whole, um, what does success mean to you? Like, and success doesn't yeah. always mean, like, I'm, you know, I have all of these material things. I have this and amount of money. Of money and I'm, I have this kind of house. I got this promotion. Yeah. And I think at some one point or another, a lot of people will look back to their their younger selves and say like, oh, I have all those things that I wanted when I was a kid, but I'm still not happy. And I yeah. think that is the definition to your point of you can have all the things, but you cannot be happy. And that is not necessarily success. And part of the way to get there mm-hmm. is to, as you said, I think, to create those healthy boundaries, make sure you have space for yourself and Listen, listen to those things. Like, why am I not happy? And po- let's point our nose in the direction that feels better. Mm-hmm. Like true happiness. I think we can get pleasure confused with happiness. And so you might have some pleasure when you f- have the money and you might get some pleasure when you buy your house or whatever. But like is true, true happiness is the thing that like makes you feel connected. It makes you feel at peace and excited and all of like just more long-term stuff which is why for my day job I work on this podcast called Over the Wall where they talk a lot about entrepreneurism and he speaks to a lot of entrepreneurs that have been in the business forever and quote-unquote successful businesses and a lot of them say that whatever your business is you need to have like a passion for it otherwise like you'll never make it. It needs to make you happy because you're gonna be there all of the time and they also say success is not money because it's not the money that I care about it's the mission that we're trying to go after that like gives me the ability and the longevity to stay here Mm -hmm. and then I also like to you know say especially when it comes to like for women um, and non-binary individuals money is not a bad thing though like I think money as a business that is an important indication of the success of the business but not the success of you mm-hmm. and i think it's learning to separate those two and having yeah like a successful business means having a re- revenue generating machine for sure. because and i think that's for me has been really difficult especially being in this space but the way you know 90% of our resources are free the apps free to use free to download and then we have you know courses that we ha- we work with mental health professionals that have years of experience in schooling where it's like they deserve to get compensated. Absolutely. I deserve to get compensated for, you know, the work sure. that I'm doing for and, sure. and such. So I think, you know, I and I know that's like not what we were saying, but I think it's, yeah, like separating your success to the business success that, you know, that dollars and hard costs, like that is, you know, essential, but that doesn't mean you need to be tying your worth. And I think it just yeah. goes to show again, like we need to learn to separate who we are from what we're building, what we're creating, what yeah. we're putting out on the internet, whatever it might be. Money's definitely a tool. It allows for safety and it's worth in the sense of like, you should definitely be asking for what you're worth. Don't don't undershoot yourself, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, just like you were saying, it doesn't define us and it doesn't mean we have to have excess amount of it. But like it is like it's a tool. The more money you have, the more you can do with your business, and you the more ability getting, you have to like pay the people what they deserve. Yeah, you should um, be getting compensated all of these great things. Like, I think that's a really, really good point. I also there's this especially when you work in a community or you are like like mental health or I even I even know Elevest and they're like a company that is focused for women Mm -hmm. that they all help they help people invest they help people with their finances they help people ask for promotions all of these things Um, but they do and they charge and I think there's people out there that 
are like, oh, well, it should be, you know, more like it should be free. Like they shouldn't be charging to help women get more money or whatever. But at the same time, I had the same initial thought of, well, this is pretty much all run by women. I'm not sure exactly who's the founder of the company or what um, how they identify. But a lot of the people working and like running the courses are females and they deserve to be compensated for their time and I want to support them in their in their journeys. So it's it, it is a balance of and I do think that their prices are very accessible. It's not like crazy prices. So I think it's a balance and it's definitely I think it's a good point that you brought that up because it's something that yeah, I've been sure. thinking about a lot as well. Another question we had was what are some mental health practices that helped you while building your business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think boundaries is like that will be what I will champion. If I was a politician, that would be my main policy <laughs> is setting boundaries. Yeah. So, you know, setting boundaries is taking time off. It is sleeping. So I sleep eight, nine, sometimes 10 hours a night every night, like n- absolutely no compromise mm-hmm. because I'm a sleep monster that just eats sleep before <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah. So sleep, I, I would say, is super important, but you're able to successfully do that by setting boundaries. For me, journaling is like the main tool. I love spending that time with myself. When I haven't journaled in a while, when I start, I'm just like, ooh, welcome back, friend. Like, yeah. so excited to be chatting with you. Um, so journaling and then, you know, therapy. If you can afford therapy, if you have benefits – that has therapy in it and you're not utilizing it, I am so jelly. Please donate those to me <laughs> um, because I'm paying out of pocket and it's a pain or donate them to someone that can't afford therapy at all. Um, take advantage of that. Even if it's all of two sessions, it's just so helpful. I would be in therapy every day if I could, which probably wouldn't be healthy, but <laughs> you know, I love it. Yeah. So I'd say therapy and then finding what you enjoy um, and then not needing that to look like what other people enjoy. You know, when it comes to TV, we hear so much about like you're wasting your life on like watching TV and on the couch. And I'm like, fuck that. Mm -hmm. I love TV. (laughs) I love movies. That is joy for me. I will watch a TV show and then I'll go and read all the reviews Mm -hmm. like in the commentary. What's Twitter saying? What's LA Times or whatever it's called saying? Analyzing the little details and the little Easter eggs in there. Yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, if I had let someone tell me that that wasn't mental health and that was like bad for me, that would be such a big, you know, joy rip from my life. And also like food for me is like a big mental health tool. Um, You know, at Dive Through, we joke that we're like the one wellness company that like recommends people eat McDonald's because if McDonald's makes you feel good and like... I know there's like, of course, a boundary, Mm -hmm. but it's like, Mm -hmm. that's okay. Let go of the shame. Food is not good or bad. Uh, Food is food. And, you know, of course, make sure to listen to your body. But sometimes I listen to my body and it's like, fries, please. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also know it's very counterintuitive and, you know, anyone, a lot of people are stuck in diet culture, so they view it very differently. Uh, But yeah, setting boundaries, but then most tangibly would be journaling and therapy if possible. Yeah. I love journaling. It's it's such a weird place. <laughs> but it's I don't know why it's so maybe maybe you know why it's so, but like I don't know why it's so special. It's so therapeutic more than just chatting it out. It's very different than chatting it out with your friends or ch- chatting it out with your therapist. I don't know what it is. It's 
it's I feel so much lighter afterwards. It's definitely like a little bit of a ritual. I get like myself in a nice space. I light a candle. I make I usually do it during the morning <laughs> and it just makes me feel so much lighter. I mean, everybody's different, but like for me, I there's Journaling something about it writing it down that really helps me to release what it is that's going on inside of my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there's science behind it. Like writing, it's just like a very cathartic release. And I think a lot of people think it's like, you know, writing in your diary, but journal therapy is a developed module of a therapeutic approach. Um, So yeah, using journaling as not just like taking note of your day, but exploring, you know, how are you feeling? What's your anxiety telling you? And those more kind of in-depth topics, which plug for dive through, we have like hundreds of journal bundles and exercises related to like every and all topic that we offer those prompts up for you. So check it out. Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, Also, as you were talking and like saying the TV thing and the McDonald's thing, I was like, this podcast was a COVID baby. (laughs) Is that a... That was my dog. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, what ghost do you have? (laughs) That is the ghost. Or not, he's not a cover. That's so cute. So funny. So funny. So our podcast was a COVID baby and it really, I mean, we had been talking about this prior, but especially during lockdown, we were just like needing something, you know, creative and fun and like putting our creative powers into something positive. And before that, we were watching a lot of TV and I was like, I swear to God, if I watch one more thing, like I can't watch any more Netflix. I'm going to like just explode. But now like this eats up a lot of our time and I'm so happy we did it. But now I'm just like, I just need some TV time. So like moral of the story, I'm saying like as boss has peach babes we are showing up and like putting so much of our energy and time into like our businesses that sometimes it's nice to unplug unplug and like sit, sit down and do some of the I mean Couch film is things. not necess- is not necessarily like film and tv is not simplistic but as a viewer you no. can sit down and like watch it and just like absorb all of the goodness and there's also different levels of tv like there's call me by your name which is like filled with a bunch of stuff and then there's like your hallmark disney channel classics that are just yeah they're they're reliable dependable same story different characters different location kind of thing (laughs) but it just made me think about how how i sort of i um crave that a little bit more like tv time more now because we're showing up and like getting other things and giving other things to our businesses so i think i bet you that's like a common theme within entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. absolutely again like we mentioned like different seasons different you know we're always changing nothing is static as much as we sometimes want it i know um, one one other question I have for you, because I think when you're building a business, uh, like the idea that you're going to do it alone for your entire life is kind of, I think it's a little unreal, unrealistic for, for most of us. Even we can't keep doing, keep doing this ourselves just forever. What was it like building your team? And when did you realize that you needed to? And how did you feel like you were able to find people that you trusted, especially I feel like in the mental health world, it's It's so so important important to have people you trust and... Yeah. So, you know, I think I have a little bit of an unconventional journey because I would have been like 15 imagining building a business with like 250 employees. And like that was what little girl Sophie was all about. So in my first business, I worked with freelancers. You know, I tried the employee thing. It just was a me, myself and I sort of business. Um, But for dive through, um, we raised capital. So like, you know, I 
it wasn't something I'm going to do myself. I want to, you know, have this be this really exciting big business. So it was always like I knew that that was going to come. And I loved, I love hiring. I love interviewing people. We, a lot of our team, you know, are right out of high school or right out. I didn't go to university, but our team, a lot of our team members did. So right out of university. So I think, yeah, you know, the trust piece, I'm the type of person like trust is given until it's taken away. Um, So I'm not the type you have to build trust with. Like, I'm just like, I'll trust anyone. Like I, (laughs) it is what it is. Yeah. I'm kind of the similar way. Yeah. And I think, you know, I've, I've even been burnt and I'm just like, why am I still trusting? You know, sometimes just second nature for people, but um, yeah, like it's, you know, recognizing that I can't do everything. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, especially like the stage, like I'm obviously the CEO, which I don't really, I like refer to myself as the founder. I feel like I'll maybe earn that when there's considerably more of us. Um, But, you know, I have to wear many hats and that's great. But then also I have to, you know, know what I'm great at Mm -hmm. and know what I'm not so great at and, you know, play to your, play to your strengths, understand your weaknesses and fill and bring in people that love that. So um, yeah, building the team has been just, I think, the favorite part of what I do and get to do is seeing, you know, the team, we have a daily team call where we're all on it and we talk, you know, what we did for our mental health the day before wins, challenges, what we're working on. And that to me is absolutely the most rewarding part of, of dive through um, and what I get to do each and every day because I have never worked anywhere else. So I like don't know what corporate structures are like. So I'm like, I want to work at a business where like I would want to work. So really wanting to create that atmosphere where my team, you know, isn't just another number, but is really, you know, valued and respected. And um, I understand, yeah, they're people. Like it's so weird that that even has to be said. But yeah, yeah, so I guess that's, you know, my long (laughs) convoluted answer to be like, it's awesome. I love it. And it's been just the absolute best. And I think, I know my strengths and my weaknesses, you said. And I think that is such a important quality and moment for any any founder, any CEO, any person that's leading a team. Um, Because a lot, sometimes you can be like, I know, I know what's best, but that's not what's going to build a thriving business. No. Mm -hmm. But it's like, even if you're like a multi-trick pony, even if you're good at two or three things, it takes a zillion things to make a successful business. That's something that I, um, I've i heard before on like entrepreneur podca- podcasts and it's like such a simple but yet so easy to like Forget. move past at when you're in that actual position. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to not be good at something and um, let, uh, you know, delegate and know, know your blind spots. And that's another like you, mm-hmm. therapy, I think, is very helpful with that. Mm-hmm. Knowing like those unsubconscious, totally. those subconscious like patterns that are happening and the subconscious weaknesses that you may have. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, totally. I'm like, I, that could even be its own podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Hiring, love all of it. <laughs> oh my God, 100%. So as we're sort of coming up on our hour mark, is there anything that we haven't touched upon already around your journey, around that? Di- dive through and all of that jazz mental health that you want to cover um I feel like we covered it but I just want you know anyone that's listening to know whatever you're going through is valid you know you don't need to compare your mental health to another person for it to be worth getting support worth you know reaching out to other people it isn't the you know the trauma olympics regardless of what you're experiencing to another person we all you know experience things uniquely so don't feel like you're too you're not far enough gone to you know reach out every experience you have is valid and deserves to be heard and seen amazing Absolutely. what a lovely little 
note to land on. And so with that, we have the, a, a segment called Peachy Clean, and it's we have it at the end, and it's when we ask our guests to come clean about about something. And this could be this is a this is like a huge umbrella. You can go as X rated or G rated as you want to go. It's essentially like a confession. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I like I'm such an open book and I just don't get embarrassed. I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness." Okay. Well, I like to share this because I think it's important to share, but um, so we just finished a fundraising round and the night before we got like our final commitment where we're able to to close, I had like gotten like five rejections that day and I just like sat and I cried in my shower because I was like absolute – like it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's – I. I'm also not embarrassed to share that though because I like to share it because when you hear someone closes a fundraising round, you're just like, but I'm having such a hard time. And then they just make it be like, look, I just raised this money. And I'm like, no, I got shit on for six months from investors constantly. And I was like literally at my breaking point and like wouldn't have been able to go a week further. And then the money landed. So I guess that is admitting my inner world because now it looks all great, but I promise you that it is not. Yeah. I resonate with that so much. I I remember. Well, well, first of all, we've all been there. Yeah, for sure. Come on. (laughs) But also, I like a couple years ago, I was like ferociously applying for a new job. I was really unhappy in my last in in a a different position, and like I just really, I was like, I kept getting. And I, I don't know what was happening, but I just kept getting no after no after no after no after no after no, and I was like. Crying in the shower because it's like rejection is hard, especially like when you want something so bad and then like you get the new thing and you're just like, oh, my God, just like a release of energy. You're just like, it's just a lot, Oof. you know, it's a lot. And you cry in the yes. shower and it's fine. Oh, the universe has a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Trusting in that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, now you're all peachy clean. Yeah. Oh. And I hope I hope <laughs> your shower you is sharing. like well equipped for, you know, that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we have a bench. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. 100%. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sitting crying in my head. <laughs> uh, well, yes, like Lindsay said, now you're all peachy clean. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for carving out some time to chat with us. Yeah. It's been such a lovely chat and such we a really valuable conversation. Yeah, we really appreciate you giving us your giving us your time. Yeah. Do you want to roll through where people can connect with you and find dive through and go through and, and mm-hmm. get through all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me across the internet at Sophie Gray, Gray with an A. I'm most active on Twitter and then on Instagram. And then you can check out dive through at divethrough.com or in the app store or at let's dive through on Instagram. Yay. Perfect. Yay. Well, thank you. All right, Peaches, that does it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much to Sophie for coming on, giving us her time and chatting with us. What a lovely conversation. Definitely head out there and give her some love and check out Dive Through. And while you're at it, give us some love at Let's Talk underscore Peaches on Instagram, TikTok. Um, You can head to our website, perhaps pick up some cute merch and stickers and all of that good stuff that really helps uh, support us so that we could do fun projects, fun giveaways, all of that good stuff. Grow. Subscribe to us on whatever podcast listening platform you're hearing us on. And if you're on Apple Podcast and you have some some time, um, feel free to give us that five-star written review that really helps promote Boost, our podcast. But yeah, with that, 
We will see you all next Monday for a new episode. Can't wait to see you then. Bye, Bye, Peaches. peaches. Yay, awesome, awesome.